Hi, and welcome to the Book Talks podcast. This is the podcast where we interview traditionally and self-published authors. What's their book about? What inspired them? And what challenges, if there's any, and tips and advices on how to start a manuscript. In today's episode, we'll be talking to an author who have written a story about his, maybe what we call, should we call it a struggle? Should we call it a challenge? We'll find out. His book is entitled Embracing Autism, One's Father's Fight for His Wonder Boy. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. James E. Strode. Mr. Strode? Hello. Yeah, I'm here. Hi. All right. Hi. How are you doing today, sir? Hi, James. I'm really well. Thank you. Okay. I'll just I'll just address you as Mr. Strode, and you can uh, address me as James. Is that okay? We we we're, our both names are James. That's so, <laughs> okay. Okay. Like what I mentioned to you earlier, pre-recording, that this this story hits home for me. Basically, uh-huh. this is a kind of uh, story where, on my initial like analysis. You are, this is your, you on your book being unapologetically being you as a father. Yes. Did I get that correctly? Yeah. Yes, you sure did. Uh, yeah. So really the book is both about my son, Jimmy, who's on the autism spectrum, but it's also mm-hmm. about me and my challenges yeah. and how I have tried to understand him and uh, embrace him as a special education boy and uh, mm-hmm. try to provide uh, a very good life for him. Wow. Okay. And and just a quick overview about you as an author. And basically, our goal here, Mrs. Strode, is basically dig into the the story. What yeah. are the challenges and the emotions along with every lines of the story? Okay. So. I was asking you how to pronounce this earlier, but Kasumnis River College, you, you're, uh, you're a part-time yeah. English professor. Yeah, okay. And That's right. I, was, I have been working there for about um, 18 years. Mm-hmm. For 18 years. Wow, okay. And y- your son that you're, you're basically discussing on the book, his name's Jimmy, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... And how, how old is he right now? He just turned 14 mm-hmm. uh, this June, mm-hmm. 14 years mm-hmm. old. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you take us through the emotion of having a son who got diagnosed with ASD or autism spectrum disorder? Well, yes, there have been many highs and many lows. First, we were very confused and concerned as especially his language development was delayed. And so we didn't understand why that was. And as he approached uh, a year and a half, we began to do some medical exams and finding out, did, did he have a hearing problem? Was there some other problem? And then at 22 months, he was diagnosed with uh, autism spectrum disorder. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we we felt pretty depressed, my wife and I, but we also were confused because we didn't know what autism was. We had 
never had an experience with it in our families. And mm -hmm. so it was just out of the blue. We had to really have a steep learning curve of understanding this disability. And so there were some very low times when we felt very sad for him. And then his behavior began to, some of them began to escalate and we had to deal day by day with different kinds of antisocial, you might say, or unsocial mm -hmm. behaviors mm -hmm. that were coming up and uh, mm -hmm. we were having a hard time solving them. And so it was, a, it was very much of a struggle, very much of a mm -hmm. challenge. It was, it was and is the biggest challenge of my life, mm -hmm. being a mm -hmm. good father. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you've discussed that in detail with the book, right? And we'll we'll go into mm -hmm. that That's right. later. In as much as, like I've mentioned to you earlier, when we start talking, th this is considered me a, 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 an ignorant person willing to learn about this topic because I've, like I've mentioned to you, I've, I'm 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 a father of two, and I I could only imagine. This, this, the struggle, the pain, the frustration that you've been through, and with you, you and with your family, when you found out like mm -hmm. uh, about Jimmy when he was diagnosed as early as you know his twenty second month, right? Is that correct? Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's correct. So, so mm -hmm. yeah. So, and as much as also, I don't want this to be like a textbook style of 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 an interview. I, I'm just going to read it anyway for the education because our goal here is, I think, one of our goals is to educate people what an autism spectrum disorder is, understanding them, and acknowledging your frustration if you're the, the parent, if you're the sister, if you're a, a relative of someone who's on, on this spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So th this is basically a uh, the definition I got with CDC, Center for uh, Disease Control, defined autism spectrum disorder as a complex developmental condition that involves persistent challenges in social interaction, speech, and nonverbal communication and restricted repetitive behaviors. The effects of ASD and the severity of symptoms are different in each person. ASD is usually first diagnosed in childhood with many of the most obvious signs presenting around two to three years old, but some children with autism develop normally until toddlerhood when they stop acquiring or lose previous gained skills. According to the CDC, one in 59 children is estimated to have autism. Autism spectrum disorder is also three to four times more common in boys than in girls. And, in many, uh, and, in, and, and many girls with ASD exhibit less obvious signs compared to boys. Autism is a lifelong condition. However, many children diagnosed with ASD go on to live independent, productive, and fulfilling lives. So basically, that's you know that, that's a that's a textbook definition. But it, it yeah, it, that's very yeah. that's very clear. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. very good. Yeah, and and uh, but beyond that, 
Mr. Strode, I, 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 I would be interested more with your experience. Be you and I were, were both fathers, and later on we'll go into the the some of the parts of the book without giving too much away. Okay, but mm-hmm. I, 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 there's a there's a there's a question. When when I initially read what's your book about question popped into my mind is were you frustrated when you when you when you when you knew oh for sure because you know i i'm not a new parent this is my yeah my third biological child and you you as a parent you you love your child and you also need to discipline your child but Mm -hmm. In order to discipline the child, you have to presume that whatever you do as a discipline is yeah. understood and yeah. will help the child learn. The yeah. frustrating part with my son and with other children who I've dealt with because I've worked with most of Jimmy's classes, I volunteered in all of his classes until mm-hmm. he was in the sixth grade. And I've known I've read a that lot of book. different uh, mm-hmm. autistic children. And uh, also I have, I really, those children gravitate to me because I empathize and I can communicate with them even if they're nonverbal. But what I'm trying to say is that sometimes you have an expectation. You, you give a punishment or a reward and you have an expectation of what the result is going to be. But with mm. autistic children, and my son in particular, sometimes uh, it doesn't work out that way. They mm-hmm. don't learn or they mm-hmm. don't receive. You can't presume that what you do with a normal child is going to be effective for an autistic mm-hmm. child. Because the normal child has a certain social mentality Mm-hmm. that they want to please their parents. They want mm-hmm. to fit in to the social uh, situation mm-hmm. around them, and mm-hmm. they want to do um, good things. But mm-hmm. the autistic child doesn't necessarily do that. Their mental working is not necessarily geared that way to mm-hmm. please the parent or to mm-hmm. please the social group. And so mm-hmm. they oftentimes do not respond in the normal way to discipline and reward. Mm, okay. And so you're basically and saying that... Because you presume mm-hmm. they will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so Go you're ahead. basically saying that the intervention between a, a, a child that has that's that's in the spectrum is totally different from the intervention of a normal kid. Correct, correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. almost have to learn by experiment mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. what will uh, motivate and what will, how you can teach your child because you have to continue to teach them. But mm-hmm. in under the normal situation, which I know mm-hmm. very well uh, as mm-hmm. an experienced parent, it doesn't work mm-hmm. out that way. You have to do it almost by experiment to see mm-hmm. what is going to work and what is not going to work. And that mm-hmm. can be very frustrating. Yeah. And you, you know what? One of my takeaways when I read your book is that 
when when I was going over it, I was realizing that this person must be a good father for him to write this kind of story. Going back to my first question, were you frustrated? I would wonder, what if this person is not a good dad? This, but but I, as I've read along the way, and I'll, I'll read read one of the the, the poem that you've in, in, included on this on, on the on the book, I've realized that this is you being you as a father. What's what's the term? Unapologetically, is that the word? Is that the right one? Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, not apologizing. Um, I'm not apologizing for the what I do because I've yes. done it out of love and I've done it as a yes. good father. Yeah. And, and that for me, yeah, yeah, that for me makes the book stands out from there's hundreds, if not thousands, of books about medical and non-medical uh, uh, ASD or autism-related books. But for me, this one's special because this is you. Being you as a father, being imperfect, be understands that you know love is basically the communication that you need for a, a, a person or a kid that has mm-hmm. ASD, yeah. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, yeah, and I'll, I'll 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 read I'll read the the poem here because I find it amazing. You 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 have some certain lines here that have personally moved me. I had uh, uh, my wife, I've, I've read this poem to my wife, just so you know, and it's the, 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 the emotions high. Let me just put it that way. Okay. So the, the poem here, my boy, my wonderful, terrible autistic boy, that's, that's on the book. Okay. But uh, again, this is not a poetry mm-hmm. book. Okay. This is you telling your story about your son. And, and here's the poem. He's not like me. I wish he was. What is he thinking? I wish I knew. He is bright, but he's not articulate. What's he upset about? I wish I knew. He's stomping his feet and shaking, no wringing his hands. I feel sorry for him. He's looking at his fingers in front of his face like Spock. He's an enigma. He's crying, chanting, and humming. He's so frustrated. He's been running around the house for hours. I'd like to kill him. What frustrating lights, spiraling orbs, knowing sounds, tingling sensations, irritating sense impressions. Is he feeling? I love him. He looks at me from the corner of his eye. He approaches slowly. He climbs on me. He pokes my eyes with his fingers. He sticks his fingers in my mouth, my nose, my nostrils. He, he, puts his, he puts his mouth on my nose. Does he love me? He hugs me. Yes, he does. Right, so... Yeah, it's kind of emotional to me, too, because yeah. it, it's, a real, it's a real snapshot or picture yeah. of one moment mm-hmm. in, uh, in his life. And how I was, you know, emotional or trying to communicate with him. And, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. And there's a uh, lot of around, feeling there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the, the emotions high <laughs> again. And I'd like to know at what age, would, if you would still recall, because you, you said that he's already 14 years old now. 
Yes, he is 14. Jimmy, he just J- turned 14 J- in June. Mm-hmm. Jimmy just turned for 14. And around what age uh, that you've incorporated this poem? Ar- around what age Jimmy was? I would say I would say that was between three and four years old, something mm-hmm. around that age mm-hmm. was when that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, a lot of children climb on a lot of children climb on their fathers, you know, and a lot yeah. of children will, you know, like yeah. play with their beard or yeah. put their fingers in their ears or whatnot. And so that it's really not that unusual, but mm-hmm. of course. He explores in uh, in a little different way, you know. And mm-hmm. I could put up barriers. I could say, "Don't touch me," you know, or "Don't don't mm-hmm. put your finger in my nose." Yeah. But I think it was important to bond and and to allow him to get close because mm-hmm. uh, one of the problems with autistic children is that they they don't exhibit how shall I say it? they don't they don't get close to their parents. They don't mm-hmm. show them love. They don't bond a lot of mm-hmm. times to mm-hmm. hug. They don't want to be touched and hugged and, and get close, mm-hmm. some of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like you mentioned in that definition, there's mm-hmm. such a variety, and some mm-hmm. of them do like it. Jimmy has some problems with contact, you know, with mm-hmm. emotional, mm-hmm. you know, getting close, but he does it. At, you have to, you kind of have to court him, or you have to put him in the right situation and Mm -hmm. he will give you back physical response. Uh, He will allow Mm -hmm. hugs and, Mm -hmm. you know, warm embraces and things like that, Mm -hmm. but not all do. And so I, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to put a barrier by telling him, no, don't touch me there. Or, you know, (laughs) that kind of thing. I think I allowed him mm -hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that that's that's a uh, the, the that's the operative word there, barrier. How did you? I mean, how do you do that? How do you make sure consciously that you don't put any barriers to persons or to your loved ones that has autism? Well, that that is a challenge. I mean. You know, we we are socialized mm-hmm. also as yeah. parents in mm-hmm. what we think mm-hmm. is the proper way to discipline mm-hmm. or to raise a child. And mm-hmm. some of those rules you have to basically throw out the window because they mm-hmm. they don't work with with my mm-hmm. son and with other autistic children. And so we're open to criticism for mm-hmm. not disciplining a child. If we, mm-hmm. you know, if we stopped him from doing that mm-hmm. early, he wouldn't continue to do it. But that's totally false. They, mm. they are not doing their behaviors to please us or not to please us. Mm. And so you, you, but we are open to criticism mm-hmm. of being too lenient, allowing mm-hmm. them to do things that um, mm-hmm. they shouldn't do. And therefore they're doing antisocial things. And mm-hmm. it's our fault because we um, mm-hmm. haven't put the barriers up. But the mm-hmm. problem is that with autistic children, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. You have to find you have, and, and I'm not saying you can't discipline your child. You, an autistic child, you have to discipline them sometimes too. And that's one of the one of the problems is to identify mm-hmm. what is just misbehavior 
and what is the autism coming out. And that's not always easy to, to identify. And mm-hmm. so, but sometimes they're just misbehaving. And in that mm-hmm. situation, you have to do some kind of uh, either timeout or some kind of discipline. But in other times, it's the autism that's causing them to do it. And then any discipline, normal kinds of timeouts or or corporal punishment or whatever you want to do does not is not effective because that's not what's causing them to do the thing. Exactly. Uh, it's something else in their mm. their brain that is it, there's mm. obsessions. They have many mm. obsessions. And mm. those obsessions uh, one time in the book I do describe how I understood that my son was not doing these obsessions mm-hmm. to anger mm-hmm. me or because he didn't love me, but he was, mm-hmm. he was caught by them, almost obsessed mm-hmm. by it. Mm-hmm. And, and it was making him frustrated. And he mm-hmm. was in anguish that he mm-hmm. was caught in this cyclical behavior and he couldn't get out. And mm-hmm. then I also describe how I was able to break through mm-hmm. and stop that cyclical obsession mm-hmm. and it did work and i learned mm-hmm. a lot about that speaking of speaking of when we're talking mm-hmm. i'm not sure if i've i've yeah. talked in a circle you, or not but uh, you you are sense. you are definitely answering the question that i that that i've been asking and uh, yeah I, I won't change anything with your with your line of answering so uh, talking <laughs> you, you mentioned about uh, speaking of obsessions and anger for, for for Jimmy you also mentioned on the book uh, the fear of making mistakes of you being a, a, a father or a parent you've mentioned here that fear of making a mistake can paralyze us important decisions are a part yeah. of a parent's life they are the dynamic arena of drama at times of trauma at times trauma if we are fear if we fear death we would never have children. If we feared injury or pain, we would never have glory or for that matter, any fun in life. I once heard it said that risk is full of life. And the way I understand it, I agree, I agree wholeheartedly. To build a cocoon around oneself and try to protect ourselves and our children from the pain from pain and suffering is to die without faith. That's a very powerful line, don't you think? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, it because we we sometimes, as a parent of an autistic child, we are sometimes confused. We don't have an answer. We we don't have the answer, and none of the experts have the answer either. You know, there isn't a correct way to do it. So you have to take into consideration your, the unique child that you have, your resources that you have, and the wisdom that you have, and you have to make a decision and go forth. And you, and you have to do it bravely, you might say. You, you, can't, you can't just hesitate and hesitate and wring your hands and do nothing. You have to move forward. And sometimes... Maybe in hindsight, you will think you made a mistake, but you you must do it. You know, it's your authority. It's your position as a parent. And so, yeah, there's a, there are many situations like that. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and you mentioned also about, uh, I think what makes this kind of disorder so unique is that you can never find a textbook answer to your questions, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's and very true. Which, 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 which leads me to my next question. Aside from the personal journey, has this been a spiritual journey to you as well? Oh, yes, for sure. That, that is a topic. I mean, I, I am an ordained minister, and so I have, I have journeyed into that aspect of, of our humanness, the spiritual, in many ways. <clears throat> and sometimes you just have to ask God. You have to say, I'm at the end of my human wisdom, you know. And so then you have to listen for an answer, and you have to value your child in that unique situation of being autistic. You have to believe that there's a worthy person, you know, that, that you, you have to embrace. You, you know, you, you can't reject. You, you can't say, this is bad, so I reject it. No, you, you can't do that. So you so mm-hmm. you have to you have to hang on to some kind of a, a belief and a, a, a higher power that what you are doing is is important and has mm-hmm. uh, spiritual and eternal significance. Mm-hmm. And were you able to question your faith when this all unfolds? Well, I. I never have, I mean, I was on a spiritual journey when I was younger, mm-hmm. definitely. But since Jimmy was born, I have never questioned my faith because I have a very strong faith, a very strong belief in God. And it never shook that. No, I can't say that because it just never did. But once in a while, I've, you know, I've questioned God and said, well, you know, why are you putting me through this? <laughs> you know, why? Why did I have to be a person chosen to have an autistic child? But on the other hand, I also think this is a, a little bit emotional. It, it's okay, sir. You go ahead and you can. It's okay. It's okay. Take your time. Okay. So I'm just taking a breath. You know, I'm just taking a I, breath or two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that God chose me. Yeah. And he chose my wife. Mm-hmm. I can't, <laughs> I can't help but be emotional here too. But I'll, 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 I'll continue with my question. And wow, this yeah. is this is. <laughs> I never find an interview so heavy. Later, and, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but I don't um, think it's a negative in my life. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually. Because um, when you, cause when you put it actually that way. You, you've mentioned this earlier. Uh, in, in, with, with you, you partially answer it with, with instead of questioning your faith, you, you could also think of it that the, that on the on, you know on the other side of the coin that people who have who have been given this kind of task by by God are those people who has a strong uh, faith, you know a very high mental fortitude because imagine if you know this task has been given to 
an, an abusive father. This task has been given right. to yeah. an irresponsible one. So, well, I think unfortunately, yeah. what happens sometimes is that once a, a family, a couple, have been given an autistic child, it sometimes mm -hmm. breaks the family up because mm -hmm. some people cannot handle it, and so, and I do know that it takes a, it takes a commitment, and it takes, I think, well, I'm sure that individuals, a single mother or a single father mm -hmm. can be a good parent mm -hmm. to an mm -hmm. autistic child. But mm -hmm. I think that my wife and I together have a strong team and that together we can raise Jimmy triumphantly and we can mm -hmm. do it and, and we can give him a good future, good outcomes for his future. Yeah. But I don't think I could do it without my wife. And I yeah. know... Pretty much. Mm -hmm. No, she could not do it without me. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, so mm -hmm. together, yeah. we are a strong team, and we can handle mm -hmm. it. But it is not mm -hmm. easy. It is very trying and yeah. very challenging. Yeah. And I'd say to those of you who are, yeah, those of you who are, are parents of an autistic child, you have to please hold on to that strength that you have with your spouse. And... Remember, even if you don't have a spouse, find others to help you because I don't think you can do it alone. I think you need other people. It could be a, wow. a friend, a doctor, a, a mm -hmm. teacher, someone else. You're going to need other people in the community to help you with this challenge because mm -hmm. I think it's almost impossible alone because the challenges are 24-7. The challenges are as long as my son is awake, he mm -hmm. needs supervision. And mm -hmm. I couldn't do it alone. Mm -hmm. But my wife is a wonderful helper. Mm -hmm. That's a, a very powerful message. Because I was about, that's, uh, <laughs> that's actually part of, 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 of my question. And how do you manage, like say you, you, you have a, 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 a wonderful wife who's been in, you know, your yin and yang, so to speak, right? I mean, it's 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 yeah. both. It's a com it's a commitment. It's it's aside, of course, from the fact that it's your responsibility. But you've mentioned that there are also struggles and and, and tests over time. How how can you expound how important is she with this journey? Sure. Let me let me say something in Spanish. We say media naranja, which means a half of an orange. Like you slice an orange in the middle and you look at it and it's symmetric, you know, but, but you complete each other by media naranja, by, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, like right now I am having this interview and I can do it without interruption because my wife is taking. Hold yeah. on one second. I think she just yeah, it, returned. But yeah, yeah it's okay. Um, Take your time. She's taking my time. Okay, mm -hmm. hold on one second. I have to. Take your time, please. Take your time, please. No, we're in the middle, and I, I have to keep talking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yes, mm -hmm. she thought it was going to be from nine to ten, and so she mm -hmm. came back, and, okay. and so she just returned. And there could be mm -hmm. some sounds 
But uh, what I was saying was that I couldn't have this interview if she wasn't helping with Jimmy. And, and also, I, I take care of him a lot. She works also. She has her job. But she's, had a, she's been the owner of her own business, and so she's had some flexible time. So she knows I need time uh, alone, you know, without Jimmy. And I know she can't handle it uh, for a long period of time with Jimmy either. So, yeah. So if you were a single parent, you would have to find other people to help you. And we do have a good support system in California. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not, uh, I want to say that I'm very thankful for that because mm -hmm. there are doctors and there are social service people and there's Alta California regional centers, which help a lot. And you have to find those resources and uh, work with them and trust them. But also remember that you're the captain and you make the decisions because a lot of times they don't know what is the right answer for a particular situation. And you're mm -hmm. the one who knows more about your child. But again, you, you, you can't do it alone. You have to do mm -hmm. it with others. You, you, you've discussed about the importance of having a, a support system, whether it's, it's your wife, if you're a, a, a single parent, it could be a friend, family member, a doctor. But let me just throw in this question. What would be, and I, I, again, I'm not asking for like an, a textbook answer. What would be your, your, your mm -hmm. advice to, to, to parents who are on their first year of finding out, like right now, on their first year of finding out that their kid has autism? Well, the very first thing is you, you have to... Uh, Try to find some calm within mm -hmm. yourself, okay? If mm -hmm. that's spiritual or whatever, but you have to not panic because mm -hmm. uh, you, you have the resources inside and it, it won't get out of hand. You can do mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. um, so just believe in yourself first. And then second is you, you need to begin to educate yourself you, you can't remain in ignorance about your own child and, and autism spectrum. You have to educate yourself mm -hmm. about everything about it, you know, so that you can understand your own child's behavior. And um, then remember that all you have to do is have a good solution for the problem at hand, you know, mm -hmm. try to stay in the moment. And one of the, one of the human negatives is we begin to project into the future negative outcomes and that is can be so depressing to to imagine bad things happening we've had you know a lot of people describe what's likely to happen in the future but we mm -hmm. cannot focus on those things we have to ignore mm -hmm. those things and believe in faith that there will be good outcomes and mm -hmm. I, I do believe that it, mm -hmm. it would be too depressing and too mm -hmm. frustrating to to give up, but mm -hmm. to believe it's mm -hmm. just going to get worse and worse. 
you know. Talking about talking about yourself, uh, take care of yourself. Also, mm-hmm. you have to take care mm-hmm. of yourself. You know, you have mm-hmm. to. However, it is you have to find joy in life. You you have to do things that you enjoy doing. Uh, don't neglect yourself in your own mm-hmm. health. That's mm-hmm. very important. Because be- that's very true. Because, and again, I I I I am no expert on on this field. That's I think that's very important to take care of yourself because some for me personally if I was given the situation right now if you'd say that my uh, daughter has been diagnosed with autism I would give up everything and I just only focused on her which is I think with 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 your answer mm-hmm. you you need to take care of yourself too I mean you don't you, you consider right. you consider right. it as as responsibility but not to You don't do it so much that you are getting. Uh, you're turning to be a burden to others. Does that, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And you and you begin to see your child as a burden. But yeah. if you yeah. always see your child as a burden, that's a very negative um, yes. mentality. And you and yeah. you you have to see the positives and the good things too. So yeah. yes, exactly what you said is true. Yeah, yeah, and uh, talking about challenges and criticism on your book, you also mentioned that the supposed experts are particularly are particularly good at making you feel inadequate. Everyone from the doctor to the everyone from the doctor to the county social worker to the teacher will make you feel that you haven't have a clue about how to handle your child primarily because then you will have to go along with whatever he or she suggests as a course of action. The, perp- the perplexing nature of autism plays into this situation because there's so much about autism that is still a mystery. You don't always know what to do in some situations in order to solve some of the problems that present themselves during your parenting time. Can you can you explain that? Yeah. <clears throat> well. <laughs> You know, your your child will have teachers. Your child will have pediatricians. Your child will have a, a lot, you know, of other people who will be in their lives. And I have heard so many in, in the course of my time as a parent of an autistic child, so many things that were kind of negative that coming from an expert that really just should never have come from that expert, mm-hmm. you know, and... Mm-hmm. And and I have dealt with uh, you know hundreds of different people, and mm-hmm. to tell you the truth, none of them know how to handle my son as well as I do. You know, and, and sometimes sometimes they they tell you you should do this, and they have no real clue about how how he works in his life, and whether that thing they make a suggestion of is possible or effective. I don't I'm not saying don't listen to the experts. Yes, listen to the experts. But you have to evaluate what will work mm-hmm. and what won't work. Okay. And um yeah. I've had doctors things that were really not not wise and not not good for my son and I've had mm-hmm. the teachers <laughs> I've mm-hmm. I've gone into classrooms where mm-hmm. for instance with an autistic child in order to mm-hmm. give them any instruction you have to have close proximity you have to have mm-hmm. eye contact you mm-hmm. have to do it with a smile 
and mm-hmm. you and I had uh, gone into a classroom, and a teacher has yelled across a room at one of the children. Wow! And given them really? some instruction. And the thing is, I I look at that and say that is really I'm gonna, I'm going to use a bad word. That is really mm. stupid because mm-hmm. that autistic child. Mm-hmm. Received none, yeah. no message from what that mm-hmm. teacher was yelling yes. across the room because, mm-hmm. like I said, you have to have close proximity, eye contact, you have to be sure you have their attention, and you have to do it with a pleasant affect because autistic children deal with the affective domain, the, the feeling domain, much more than the symbolic language domain. Uh, and so th- there's many times. <laughs> In my years with my son, when I have realized that the experts don't know what they're doing and don't know the answer. You yeah, and, and, and so, you, you uh, actually, you actually continue by, on the book by, 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 by saying it should be a little bit empowering to know that they don't know what to do either. And you are the expert. You have observed what yeah. works and what does not work for far more hours and far more situations that they will ever have. Also, you don't you do not have to have all the answers. It is vital that you commit your time and resources to this calling, just as any parent commits his time and resources for his children. That's that's what I was trying to communicate there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And you you you've mentioned that you you have been a volunteer to, to 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 the to to Jimmy's school. What would be the advices that you've gave? I mean, like say for example, with that teacher yelling at an autistic child, and what 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 was your initial reaction? Of course, you were frustrated. I know, but have you what what's what's the what should be the proper intervention for those? individuals that's supposed to be helping us with the proper intervention, but it seems like they don't know the right intervention. Yeah. Does that make well, sense? And, and, and they have all good intentions or they wouldn't be there. Okay. They all, yeah. they all yes. have good yes. intentions or they wouldn't be there. Yes. Sometimes I like say mm-hmm. with a bus driver, well, I'm putting my son onto the bus. I have gone mm-hmm. up and I have gone face to face with the bus driver. And I said, you know what? My son will respond better if you smile. <laughs> Just very simple oh, like mm. that. If you smile when he comes on the bus, and because he picks up on that, and he's going to either be combative or, you know, want to please you if you smile at him. That's one, that's one very important cue. And I, I talk about that in one place in the, in the book, how... It was actually one one of the times when my son was in a cyclical obsession, and he was, you know, near me, and I was struggling with my own response and how to intervene, and I I smiled at him, and I, in that one moment, he it stopped him. It just he saw the smile and he stopped his obsession. He actually paused in his steps for a few seconds. And then you can read in the book what happened after that. But just, you know, but people don't realize how much autistic children are affected by the, by the emotions and by the response. 
and then then I learned, you know, a smile is very powerful, and we should all yeah. do it more often. <laughs> we should all do it with mm-hmm. all of our family. Yeah. You know, we we walk around the house with a scowl on our face, and we wonder why our mm. children and our spouse are in a bad mood. You know, <laughs> but. You will, not, you will not ever have, you know, best of days most of the time, right? I mean, yes, yeah. Yes, of course. Sometimes yeah, it's a bad day. you can day. tell somebody. Yeah. You can say, you know, I'm having a bad day. I'm blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't mean you can't smile. I, I even talk about at the beginning, sometimes it seemed artificial just to smile. But I said, no, it's not artificial because what I'm communicating to you is I want good things for you. I want you to be happy. I want to be happy. And so my smile, even though I'm putting it on my face, I'm not feeling happy, but I'm putting the smile on my face as, you know, as a symbol of the good things I want for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, smile is powerful. You know, and and it's a language of love that everyone understands. I think there's no ethnicity, no one in in the world that doesn't understand smile. You know, so... You mentioned on the book that about communication and you said that loving is communicating. And you did you did one of the paragraphs you've mentioned here that as simple and rudimentary yeah. as this this seems, it is positive communication. And I had heard him make a novel sound. He heard me respond to it and add something. He noticed the interaction and added something to it, but the more dynamic aspect was the effective. Was the what was the affective domain? I saw this faint smile of acknowledgement and affirmation. We had made a con. We had made contact and accepted each other's contributions. Powerful stuff. So, what with with regard to the communication, talk yeah. to us. What what would be the most effective way of like you you did mention it earlier you should be in close proximity there should be smile there should be eye contact and then i'd like to know from your point of view what's what's a you you discuss about affective domain right you know i mean basically the affective domain means the feelings level of what's inside of a person for instance i've been at teacher for a long time, college teacher, elementary school teacher before that. And if a, if a student comes into my class and they're nervous and they're, or, or they feel put down or they feel uh, uncomfortable in any way, it's very hard for them to learn. It's very hard for them to learn. But so I, one of the teacher's first things to do is to create an atmosphere where the students feel accepted, they feel like they want to be there, like it's a happy time. And teaching a, a language, that's what I've taught mostly, is teaching English to speakers of other languages. If you don't relax and if you're not happy in the classroom, you're not going to learn very much. Well, it's the same thing with your autistic child to create an atmosphere where they can be relaxed, where they feel accepted, even with their obsessions, where they know that you love is so important, so powerful as a foundation. That's number one. And, and then, you know, when you, what I was talking about in that particular part that you mentioned in the book was that 
I think near that time, I did an experiment where I, I spent a day in silence where I did not speak. And because I wanted to, I wanted to communicate to Jimmy, I wanted to see what his response would be. And then after that, I, I think in that particular moment, I had just picked him up from school and I wanted him to be communicated that his sounds that he makes are important and that people listen to those sounds. Okay. And so he was, let's see, what was it he was doing? Oh, he was clucking his tongue or something like that. And so, um, and yeah, and so then I, so he clucked his tongue and I clucked back my tongue. And then <clears throat> he clucked again and I added one and I made two clucks. <laughs> and then he clucked three times. And so we, we did this back and forth. And I realized that, well, I had, I had, it had worked. He knew I was listening to the sounds coming out of his mouth. He knew that the sounds coming out of his mouth were important, that people pay attention. And that, you know, and then also he knew his father was interacting with him because sometimes it's not easy to interact with autistic children because they don't speak language. Or some of them do, you know, some of them do. And Jimmy is not totally nonverbal. He says words, but he doesn't always initiate language as a way of, of connecting with people. So anyway, so but what I'm also saying about the affective domain is that I was looking at his face in the mirror and I saw him smile. Okay, so I knew that he had been reached not just on the learning level, but also on the feeling level and that he was, you know, he was happy that his father had connected with him. And so. Yeah. When, when, when I was doing my research regarding this topic, one of the a blog of uh, a parent, he said that having an, uh, a child with autism requires a performance act or a performance art for, for you as a parent. Mm -hmm. Right, because it would always it it would not always be perfect. Right, yeah, you would right. have a bad day. You 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 know, there's no right formula on how to basically do this thing on a daily level. Imagine that. I mean, you get tired of doing some things that you do. If it, if if say for example, if with our job. Sometimes it gets so routinary and you get to be to 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 get so bored and 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 so tired of it. Imagine doing a task on a daily basis with you not expecting the same outcome really because that would depends on mm -hmm. his you know, your your child's response as well. Does that make sense? Yes, uh-huh. And and like I mentioned to mm -hmm. you, the first time I tried the smile, that was an act. You know, mm -hmm. I, I put the smile on yes. as an act, you know, and yet it was effective. Okay. And there's other times when you have to, well, you have to use your intelligence, but you, 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 to make a decision about acting, you, you know, I also mentioned that I was a professional entertainer. I was a mime clown for eight yeah. years mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I learned, you know, how to act and get a response. And full thing in terms of training or teaching an autistic child partly is mm -hmm. 
you're trying to guide them. You're trying to guide them into uh, mm-hmm. acceptable behaviors that the culture can live with. And, mm-hmm. and so you have to sometimes do that by acting, by presenting mm-hmm. the child with something that they see. Okay. <laughs> what ultimately we're mm-hmm. hoping for is that the child will internalize some of these things. And then we'll um, mm-hmm. realize that when they make a response, other people are going to respond appropriately or negatively, and that therefore mm-hmm. they can they can initiate it themselves. That as a, a, a mature um, adult, they will be able to make their own decisions. And the only way you can do that is by training. And sometimes the training is acting. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I don't know if you'll take this as a compliment or as like, as, or like a consolation prize, but don't you think that God has prepared you with your experience as a minister, with your experience, you, you mentioned as a mime clown, and as an educator, don't you think that God prepared you to, to all of that, provide you those expertise and then came Jimmy. Yes, exactly. And that's what uh, earlier in our conversation I was kind of trying to yeah. explain is I, I do believe that in some ways I was prepared for this challenge and for this calling by my earlier experience and by what God has created in me, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yes, mm-hmm. I believe that. What, what? Yeah, what would be uh, what would be your your fear? Because you mentioned uh, you discussed it on the book, chapter nine, fear of the future. So what what will be your fear? As you know, you, 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 how how old are you right now, Mister Strode? I'm sixty eight. Sixty eight. So what would be the future holds? Do you have like a contingency plan? You being 68 years old right now, what would be the, the, yeah, I mean, for what would be the future for you and for Jimmy? Hmm. Hey, you know, that, that also is faith because I know, know, well, there's two aspects of this. What's, who's going to take care of Jimmy when I'm gone? That's one aspect. But Mm -hmm. the other aspect is, uh, you know, what is Jimmy got for his own future? Okay. Mm -hmm. And both of those can have some fear elements to them. And one time I described a conversation I had with another parent of an autistic child who, who said he just doesn't know what's going to happen when he dies, you know, who's going to take care of his mm-hmm. son. And I said to yeah. him at that time, you have to have a little faith. And I believe that because <clears throat> I am not the only person that can help Jimmy or, or can be a friend or come alongside of Jimmy. We are community and uh, when I'm gone, mm-hmm. there will be others who can be a friend to him, who can love him, mm-hmm. who can teach him. He has a lot of mm-hmm. charismatic and winsome qualities that, that are likable. As a matter of fact, in mm-hmm. most of his classes, he's one of the most well-liked students because mm-hmm. of these things. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so I, I, mm-hmm. uh, I could die tomorrow, and I have the faith that, Jimmy could have wow. still have a good life, and other people would be around, wow. and they would take care of him. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of that. I can't be afraid of that. I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a heart attack, a quadruple bypass surgeon, you know. So I, I could be gone. Tomorrow. I've read that in the book, but yeah. I'm not afraid of that. 
Because mm. I, I know wow. not only my community, but God will take care of him. Okay. But yeah. on the other hand, yeah. people have said, well, it looks like probably he will, he could have drug dependency because he does take mm-hmm. medication, you know, and a lot of yes. autistic mm-hmm. adults have ended with drug overdoses or whatnot like that. So that's one yeah. thing that they yeah. say. Also, I, I don't know, yeah. Of Mice and Men is a story by John Steinbeck about Lenny, who's uh, disabled. Maybe he's an autistic person. In the end of mm-hmm. that, I don't know if you know the story or not. It's a wonderful, powerful story. But his friend and I think it's a cousin or somebody actually shoots him in the back of the head and kills him because he has accidentally killed a woman. And the people are have a really? mob and they're coming to to destroy Lenny to hang him or just something like that. And and you know, yeah. it's a very, very powerful story. But you know, some people mm-hmm. say his his anger, frustration and aggressive tendencies are only going to increase and he could get to a point that he's violent like that, you know. And so I mean we have those we hear those prophets of doom speaking how what Jim could become. But we don't believe those. <laughs> okay, we can't. We can't believe those because if we do, I mean we're gonna be I'm gonna be with him as long as I live. And uh, I'm gonna be helping him to have good outcomes. Other people will be helping him also. Um, but so those fears are are there. But I think without faith you 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 would be panicked yes. or you would be I was about Yeah. I, I was about <laughs> to say that yeah, I was about to say that for you not having a strong faith, you can be easily swayed by, you know, this so-called doom of darkness with 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 you know with you seeing other stories gruesome stories a person or that has autism i've 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 read also some stories that regarding the you know tragic events but if you are if you don't have faith i think you'll be easily swayed and you'll be that's what i think that's one of the many things that i would admire about you mr Strode, is that not to again i keep on re- repeating that not not only that you do have a strong faith but you exactly know wh- the the path to take basically and you did mention that on the book uh, uh, as well regarding the fear in and basically the future and you said that thankfully no one knows what the future will bring but there have been ample predictions of Jimmy's uh, Jimmy's future most of which are negative and ominous. There is some reality to these predictions based on the experience of others, but not all is bleak. I talked with a professor, a friend of mine, whose son was autistic. His son lived only uh, only to early middle age and sadly died related to drug addiction. He said autistic people tend to have addictive uh, personalities. At that time I heard this, my son was about four years old. The bell toll of doom struck in my mind. It was hard to shake this discouraging image. There are also predictions of unfulfilling personal relationships, inability to hold down jobs, inability to live independently, and unexplained violent tendencies. Because of the difficulty of raising an autistic child, 
and the nature of each one's abilities, disabilities, and obsessions, it is natural to fall into dwelling on scenes of negative events and interactions for the autistic child's future. This is a trap that needs to be not only avoided but actively countered. I try to imagine wonderful possibilities for Jimmy and I'm not being unrealistic just to ease my pain. Because of the dynamic relationship of parent and child, some of these can become self-fulfilling prophecies resulting in a brighter future for everyone. That's a that's that's a very positive outlook that you have. Right? Well, I have to that's true yeah. and it, yeah. it it's uh, that's the way I that's what I live by. It's it's mm-hmm. my hope and I believe it can happen. Yeah. As we conclude this interview, again I can't uh, uh thank you enough for sharing your emotion, your story, your imperfection being a parent as a father. I admire you. Honestly, when when I if I were to compare myself to you, I don't think I am even a percentage of the person that you are. And I'm, I don't know you personally. I don't think that I personally right now. I don't think that I would have the courage. I would have. I may be able to you know question everything around me, if if this has been falling on my knees. You know, and 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 you do have this wonderful book wonderful book that you 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 just basically l- let your emotion talks and i think that sometimes that's very important we we tend to be clinical with some diagnosis some diseases some disorders sometimes and this is a very unique book and i'd like you to promote it mr strode <laughs> go ahead no i think we've covered a lot of stuff james and i appreciate your the way you've uh, conducted the interview. And, you know, I just hope that it'll be positive for mm-hmm. other parents. So continue on doing what you're doing. It's, it's good. Good thing. Uh, Mr. Strode, thank you so much for your time. Again, the title of the book, Embracing Autism, Once, uh, One Father's Fight for His Wonder Boy by James E. Strode. You can actually buy the book on Amazon. It's been available. Uh, it's been live. I, I understand. You can also go to urlinkpublishing.com, www.urlinkpublishing.com. 1-888-980-6523 is their toll-free number uh, if you, should you wish to publish uh, a book. Lastly, I'd like to say that you, you continue more talking about your book because this helps others not only express themselves, but also this is for me, like for me personally, this has been an education. I've, I've seen autis, autism spectrum disorder now on a different way and in a more positive one. And I have friends who has kids who have autism disorder and I'll be their ally with me, you know, yeah. reading this book. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, sir. You do have a great day now, okay? You too, James. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.